Hello, welcome to Lucas on Life. I'm Jeff Lucas. You're listening to Premier Christian Radio. Thanks so much for joining me. It was a rather bizarre conversation. A smiling young couple approached me after one of our Sunday morning services at Timberline Church in Colorado, where I serve as a teaching pastor. This couple quickly informed me that this was their first time in our church, and I welcomed them warmly, said I hoped that they'd enjoyed the service and that they'd felt at home. Oh yes, they said, it was very nice, but if we do come back, it won't be for a while, because we're church shopping. Church shopping. Looking around for a church where we feel we could settle, give, serve, and commit. Well, I suppose at one level, it's understandable. If we're going to be part of a local church family, we need to do that with our eyes open. And if the worship style grates, if the theological emphasis is not where we're at, we'd be foolish to jump in without thought, consideration, and prayer. But is there a danger that we can treat church like a commodity, that we become consumers rather than congregants? At its simplest, consumerism is a condition in society where shopping and the attitudes and practices derived from shopping have come to hold significant sway over our everyday lives. Surely there's a danger that we can start treating church as something entirely for me and for mine rather than for God and his kingdom. In his book, The Jesus Way, Great, great theologian Eugene Peterson said, If we are a nation of consumers, obviously the quickest and most effective way to get them into our congregation is to identify what they want and offer it to them, satisfy their fantasies, promise them the moon, recast the gospel in consumer terms, entertainment, satisfaction, excitement, adventure, problem-solving, whatever. But this is not the way in which we become less and Jesus becomes more. This is not the way in which our sacrificed lives become available to others in justice and service. So let's talk about this tonight as we ponder the sticky, the awkward, the challenging subject of church consumerism. Consumerism. Having things our way. It was our first time in America. We were savoring the experience of eating breakfast out at what was unappetizingly tagged as a greasy spoon, a diner. Our server was a wildly enthusiastic soul, apparently thrilled to be helping us with the first meal of the day. But the ordering process soon became perplexing. And what can I get you, fine folks, he twilled, all teeth and smiles. I'd like eggs and bacon, please, I replied when it was my turn, eager to keep things simple, which, as it turns out, they were not. Awesome, sir, he chirruped, as if I'd discovered a solution to global warming. And sir, how would you like those eggs? Bewilderment immediately set in. Um, put them on a plate, I ventured. Ha ha, awesome, sir, very witty. No, you can have your eggs scrambled, boiled or fried, over easy, sunny side up or over hard. Baffled by this unfamiliar glossary of terms, Concerning the fruit of the chicken, I went for what sounded most familiar. Scrambled, please. Awesome, he said yet again. What about toast? We have sourdough, whole grain, wheat, white, rye, or English muffin. 
Now, I was really confused, not least because I was unaware that the English have their own muffins. I went for wheat toast, but the culinary inquisition continued, and I had to decide whether I wanted American or Canadian bacon, or would I like it crispy, and would I like to add further side dishes, when at last how ecstatic awesome Serber skipped joyfully towards the kitchen, I felt momentarily exhausted. As a consumer, I was being given the opportunity to have all things exactly the way I want them. No one-size-all approach is sufficient. A popular fast food emporium has Have It Your Way as their marketing slogan. When it comes to choice, we the consumers really are kings and queens. Perhaps that's just fine. But when an attitude of consumerism enters the church, surely we're headed for trouble. We all have our own preferences and style choices about how church should be, and if you doubt that, ask any worship leader. We like the volume just right, the songs that are our favourites. Sing them twice over, please, not ten times. We want the leader, vicar, pastor to use our chosen translation of the Bible, if you please. Some of us prefer pews, move them at your peril, while others opt for chairs. Even though the song is now more ancient than modern, Frank Sinatra's My Way is still quite a favourite at funerals. We live and die quite liking things to be the way we like them. Thank you very much. My way. Surely the cursed COVID plague of the last couple of years, it's accentuated our sense of individualism and consumerism. It's been wonderful to look back to see churches large and small adapt, offering online services of varying quality, My personal favourite is the lone vicar who set himself alight while pontificating next to a candle. Helpfully, no humans or cassocks were harmed in that production. But now, we no longer need to experience Sunday morning pre-church tension, gathering the family, calming conflict over cornflakes, finding a parking space when we arrive, dodging that usher who has terrible halitosis, Courtesy of the internet, we can jump on and offline as we like. Don't enjoy that hymn? Simple. Fast forward. Is the sermon somewhat snore-inducing? Log off. Watch when you want, what you want, in the comfort of your Winnie the Pooh pyjamas. Once COVID has finally been tamed, virulent consumerism may well still linger. So now we're gathering again, let's do as congregants and family, not picky customers who demand that things are always done to our liking. When it comes to church, there is really only one king. Meanwhile, back at the diner, our previously ecstatic server was looking rather distraught because when he bought the food, we discovered that he'd mistakenly ordered my scrambled eggs as fried sunny side up. We did our best to comfort him but in that temple of having it my way, I thought he was going to cry. The restaurant can be a temple of consumerism. The church, well, it's not. It was in yet another restaurant. Sounds like I eat out way too much. The server grimaced a forced smile through gritted teeth. And now what would you like, sir? He asked. Everyone else around the restaurant table had announced their chosen meal in strident oh-so-certain tones, and now panic overwhelmed me as it was my turn to do some high-speed deciding. 
Everyone looked at me with pitying eyes, and I glanced back desperate for their help, because when dining in a large group, I turn into a hopeless, lemming-like follower and get mugged by the thick fog of indecision. The server rolled his eyes and shifted from one foot to another. He held up a waiting pencil aloft over his order pad, like that knife-welding chap from the movie Psycho, willing me to make my mind up sometime before the apocalypse. Part of my problem is that I want to know what everybody else will be munching on before I decide, lest I might make a rash choice and then end up dining with regret, or worse still, stealing food off their plates when they're not looking, during the closed eyes moment of saying grace, perhaps. I do hope that the final marriage supper of the lamb that's promised in the Bible will include a fixed menu without choices. If not with me around, eternity is going to be very, very long. As we've been seeing, consumerism in every area of life is now the order of the day on both sides of the Atlantic. Generic is out, multi-choice is expected in everything. But I really do wonder if we're allowing that attitude to seep into our thoughts about church life. Quietly but firmly placing my preferences on a throne, I demand that church be tailor-made to my order. I'll sniff haughtily and opt out of worship if you don't play the music and style of my choice, which, of course, is surely God's preferred choice too, seeing as I happen to like it. I can opt in and opt out according to how my needs will be met, and the worship leader becomes a human jukebox waiting for my coin. Perhaps we should divide our church building up like restaurants used to do in terms of smoking preferences. Ushers could proffer the menu of choices as we enter the building. Would you like to sit in the clapping section this morning, sir? Or perhaps you'd like a quieter, nicer spot in non-clapping. That would be more to your taste. Or perhaps you prefer a seat in the definitely quieter zone at the back. Non-clapping, non-tambourine shaking, no low-flying flags likely to give one's nostril a swift rebore, no offering basket passed around in that section. Of course, sometimes we dress up our rank consumerism in the disguise of our pursuing the radical for the sake of heaven above, when in fact we're really on safari to try and find what suits us right down to the ground. That's why I've become less interested in pursuing change in the church unless it's mission-driven change that will make us more effective in getting the good news out. Of course, we will always have our preferences, but when we enthrone our preferences, we become consumers and we end up believing that church exists for us. And worse still, Jesus himself becomes yet another someone that we seek to manage and maneuver. And so, let's confront the consumer spirit. As writer Joe Forrest puts it, let's do that as we volunteer, donate, participate, serve, dialogue, engage, and approach our churches and our leaders with servant-minded hearts, not a need-driven hunger. And as we do that, maybe we can truly start seeing churches marked by simplicity humility and service, and not by the spirit of consumerism. I'm really challenged personally as we reflect on the consumer spirit and how it can affect church. Let's face it, we all face challenges in the local church, particularly as we get more involved. 
because we discover the truth about other people. And other people can be profoundly irritating, as can we. Also, we find out the flaws in the church. If you've been part of a church for more than six months and nothing about it has irritated you yet, then you're probably clinically dead. The truth is, we need to stop attending our churches. Now, before you think that perhaps Lucas has become a heretic, let me explain that thought. I don't attend my family. They're part of me, in my heart, on my mind, in my prayers. I think when we just attend churches, rather than being grafted into them, committed to them, then we lose out on the wonder of tenacious fellowship. Let's not be consumers. Let's truly be family. Thanks so much for joining me this evening. I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at lucasonlife at premier.org.uk. See you next time. Lucas on Life.